Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. In fact, let's do something different. Stand. Let's all stand. I'm going to read the word while you're standing. You can pull, keep your Bibles with you. Hold your Bibles up. And I'm going to read it. 1 Kings chapter 18. Go to the Old Testament. Some of my uh, guys who are new to the things of God, they get their Bibles and they're like, hey, you've got to give us more time because I've got to go to the first page for the concordance to find what book you're talking about. Then when I find what page it's on, then i got to find the chapter and verse. you got to slow down a little bit. So I had like three guys tell me that last week, so I'm going to slow down a little bit. But I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to read different verses. So I'm going to skip through a little bit of this because we don't have time to read all 45 verses. So then it says, or 46, and then it says this in verse 1, and it came to pass after many days that the word, I want you to hear this, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth go to verse 20 uh, in fact verse 21 it says and Elijah came to all the people and said how long will you falter between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him everybody say I'll follow but if Baal follow him but the people answered not a word and they will here in a moment now skip with me go a little bit further and we're gonna go into in fact Let's go into verse 40. It says this, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go. Everybody say go. Eat and drink. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. For there is a sound. There is a sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, and it said to his servant, Go up, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Everybody say, Where is it at? And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time. Last week we read about the seventh time that they, seventh day they lost the child. Now this is the seventh time that the cloud is coming. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. Never doubt what God has for you, no matter what size it may look. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down. Prepare your chariot, prepare your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain so Ahab rode away with to Jezreel then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead beat the chariot to up to the entrance of Jezreel Lord we thank you God for your word we thank you that there's a sound of rain in this place there's a sound of an abundance of rain a sound of an abundance of rain coming into our lives to fill us to saturate us God Lord to cover us God Lord to completely fill us and Lord we receive your word Holy Spirit give me the unction to preach your words and not my own Holy Spirit flow through me and let your anointing break the bondage over your people and set the captive free in the name of Jesus we receive what you have for us today everybody who believes it said a good amen amen you may be seated I promise you you won't have to stand again
I'll do the standing for you. So we start off this passage and we see the power uh, of what's going on. We, we see him. We see at the beginning. Now, let me just give you some mind-blowing content here. Mount Carmel, which I'm going to take a whole group. This month is the last month to sign up. We're going to start closing sign-ups at the beginning of November. We're going to go to Israel. And it is, it's so worth it. It'll change your life. You'll never take a better trip in your life. It covers your food. The expense covers your hotel, your flight, everything. And it will change your life. When I went to Mount Carmel the first time, I got to there. And, man, it was just chilling. Because you're on top where Elijah and this massive statue of Elijah called down fire from heaven. And what I learned is back when Elijah was alive, if you go an hour and a half south of Mount Carmel, hear me now. I'm going to blow you away. Mount Carmel, about an hour and a half, you get to a place where the Phoenicians dwelled. And then if you go, y'all hear me? And you go about 45 or more minutes away, almost an hour away, and you get to the Sidonians in another direction. Y'all are here. Are y'all here? When I hear Mount Carmel, I've studied Mount Carmel. Elijah's one of my favorite people to preach about. And I've studied his life and I've preached on this context before, but God has revealed some new truth to me. And I want to reveal this to you, but you are not here by accident. Those, Those dimensions are not by chance. Flagstaff is meant to be a place where the fire of God falls and changes a nation. No, y'all aren't healing me. A fire of God falls and it changes a nation. It, no, no, no. It didn't start in Jerusalem. It didn't start in D.C. It didn't start in Phoenix. It didn't start somewhere else. It didn't start in a major hub. It started on a little mountain in the middle of nowhere. Oh, man, I'm, I'm fine. And there was a fire of God that fell so incredible. It was just so powerful. But one thing perplexes me, if you know Scripture, when you read in that first verse, go to the first verse again, chapter 18, verse 1. Remember, now think of me, if you, think with me, if you know the Scripture, going into thinking of this Scripture and then thinking of James chapter 5. Now, James chapter 5 says this, And Elijah prayed, and it did not rain. And then Elijah prayed, and it gave rain. Now, that confuses me because Elijah spoke it, right? Elijah said, he's talking to giving Elijah credit in in James chapter 5. But right here it says, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Elijah, yes, was in prayer, but it wasn't because of what Elijah said. It was because of what God said that gave the rain. Now, some of you know this. I came from a Pentecostal. I know, shocker, Pentecostal background, and I come from a spirit-filled background, and we are a spirit-filled church. And let me just tell you, if you're new to the things of God, if, you, you, if, if I asked you right now, who believes in the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you believe in the fruits of the Spirit. should be every hand in here and every hand online. Right? Then if I was to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, many of us may have a question about that. But let me tell you, if you deny a fruit, you deny the fruit. If you deny a gift, you deny the gift. It's not your gift. It's him who lives in you and chooses to how he's going to work through you. So I believe in this, but there's speaking in tongues and there's prophecy and people get really weird about that kind of stuff. And uh, and they get really awkward about it. But usually what I have found over the last 18 years and even growing up in a Pentecostal home... I have found that it's not the tongue that has the problem, it's the ear that has the problem. Because when you can hear what God is saying, it's easy to speak with God. It's easy to speak His word. A lot of us don't have a speaking problem, we have a clogged earlobe problem. And we need to unclog what God is trying to say 
because you cannot declare rain is coming if you can't hear that God is saying rain is coming. If you can't hear that God is saying plant another location, it's going to be hard to speak plant another location. If you can't hear God is calling us to save our city, then you can't speak God is calling us to save our city. If you can't hear that God is saying I'm going to call down fire from heaven, man, it is impossible to speak fire come down. But you got to get your ears in tune with what God is saying to you. you got to get in line. And that's why he says in verse 21, what does he say? How long will you falter between two opinions? How many voices are in your head right now? <laughs> Some of us are like, you don't even want to know a number. <laughs> got so many going on up here. I've already self-diagnosed. I, I, I know I'm crazy. I just learned how to cover it up as I got older. Let me just tell you, 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 so many people have taken up lease in your mind and in your heart. You can't hear the voice of God because all you hear are their voices. All you hear are the voices. And it's usually just that one person who said that one thing. And it was just that one comment. And it was just, you, it, you've had a great day and one person makes one stupid comment towards you. And you can't hear another thing because all you're thinking about is that one opinion. Opinions aren't going to build you. Opinions aren't going to help you. It's God's word that will change you. And he says, how long will you falter between two opinions? You don't need to hear everybody's opinion. You need to hear God. You don't need to hear what everybody's got to say about your life. How many of us, are we, we've, owned, we've opened ourselves up to people, and we should do that to a certain degree in a safe place, in a safe environment with the right people. There's a lot of check marks there. But after that, you, you, shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be living off of other people's opinion, right? And you shouldn't be living off of people's praise because if you live off of their praise, you'll die off of their criticism. I don't live off of your claps. I live off of his word. I don't live off of how you decide because regardless, Regardless, oh, I'm going to get there. Regardless of how you choose to worship or whether you think my worship is too extravagant or not or whether you think my worship is too loud or not, I didn't come for your opinion about how I worship. I came to worship the almighty God who knows how to bring fire down from heaven. And, man, you can start clapping now because we're going to get there quick. Because God has a word for you, but you got to unclog. Say, Lord, unclog my ears. I want to hear, I want to hear, but he had to take down some idols. He had to take down some idols, and I, I, want, to, I want to implore you today, there might be some things that you've put before God, and you didn't even realize it. There were several kings that came before Ahab, and they were all wicked and perverse, and it took years and years and years for God to finally say, enough is enough. You have to start. You, I'm going to check you. Did you know God will check you to bless you? God wants to check your heart. Sometimes you get checked and you get stopped at the gate because God's saying, you need to get right with me before I let you through this entrance here. Before I pour out a blessing, before I bring the rain, before I demonstrate who I am, you need to check your heart. Somebody say, Lord, check my heart. Because I, I, I need to go ahead and say, okay, God, I, I, I need to. What have I put before you? Have I put my schedule? Have I put my comfort? It's funny how this service in the summertime is the packed service. Now that fall has come and cold has come, we have a lot of people who are streaming right now who, say, who literally post. I made a little poster. They said, I'm with you in spirit. 
I wanted to be like, you little jerk, you know, get in here, get your butt in here. I don't care if you got to drive two hours, get you. Because you know what? There's, there's power. I'm not making church every Sunday a religious practice. It's a relational opportunity for you to get closer and be empowered and, and let the word of God illuminate in your life. And so then he, he has to tear down some idols, tear down some idols. Somebody say, tear down my idols. So he has to tear down these idols, and he calls down fire from heaven and burns up the sacrifice, and then he kills all of the false prophets. See, they, it, it all has to die before God will bring the rain. He's not going to bring the rain until you take care of business at home. He's not going to bring the rain until you take care of business at your business he's not going to take if if business is first before god if, if family if work schedule if your activity schedule man i don't know how many parents i pray for every day they got all these little kids and every one of them have their own individual schedule and every one of those schedules comes before their schedule and so since they're sacrificing then they say okay well since I, all of you are before my schedule then all of us are before God's schedule so then I'll, all of a sudden my family I, I have this all the time pastor man you want us to come in and serve on Sundays it's my only family day you don't make time for your family during the week because family time how many nights do you need family how many times if you if you were to say because too much is still too much so how much family time do you need Right? How much, do, how much is enough? I, young married couples, when I premarital counseling, I teach them, how much sex is enough sex? <laughs> you gotta, I know there are little ears in here, but I, I, I'm telling you, how much is enough? How much money is it? you got to set a limit because you know what? you got to understand that the flesh is always going to want more. It's always going to want to take control. It's always going to want to make an idol out of something that shouldn't be an idol because even the smallest, little, most innocent things can become an idol. And it becomes something that comes before God. And you just got to question. You got to challenge. You got to ask yourself, is there something that comes before God in my life? Because then after that, then he says, okay, seize them, kill them. Let's do this. Now God's going to do it. He says to Ahab, go, Ahab. Go. Get ready. Somebody say, get ready. Get ready because there's a sound of abundance of rain. Before you see it, you're going to hear it first. That's why I said you got to get your ears in tune because God's going to tell you something. Now, if I'm talking to somebody, I want you to say amen every once in a while because God may have spoken to you something that you haven't seen yet, but there is a sound coming in your life that God is saying, I told you I was going to make your family good. I told you I was going to heal your relationships. I told you I was going to make you prosper. I told you there was abundance coming. I told you there was healing coming. I told you I'm coming. And he continues to speak to us and we get our ears. We get our ears in tune. And that's when God says, okay, now that you can hear, man, do you, don't you love the sound of, I wish we had lightning right now. Just the thunder and the lightning in this room and the, the rain. I don't want to put anybody to sleep because that's, that's what makes me, when I hear the thunder and the lightning and the rain, I want to have a hot cup of chocolate and just, just sit down and, oh, relax with a blanket and go to sleep. But I'm telling you, there's a sound of an abundance of rain that God is saying it's not meant to put you to sleep. It's meant to wake you up and I'm going to get you prepared. And then what he does is this. He says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Okay, all, all right, I'll get ready. Omar, I'm going to use you. Uh, I, I, get ready. I want you to prepare. Everybody say, get ready. 
I want you to get ready because I'm bringing around. There's a sound of an abundance of rain. And so then he says, servant, he goes, I'm going to get in a posture of prayer. See, I love this about Elijah. He's going to mix things up. Instead of Elijah going to the top of the mountain, he sends his servant. I love how, you know, a lot of pastors, they like to sit here and all they do is like this the whole time when they're waiting for the church to fill up and they're hoping people fill up and they're hoping people turn out and they keep turning around and they keep looking. And I love, man, most of the time I, don't, I forget about everybody and I just worship and have my own time because I need it. But I, I love when Elijah, he does the same thing and he's like, nope, I don't care. I can't see it. I don't need to see it. I believe it. I already pray. I already, God already spoke it to me. He already told me. There's a sound of revival coming. There's a sound of healing coming. And he tells his servant, go. Go run out there. Go run to the, go run. Go run, run, run. Run, Omar, faster. Now come back. And he's praying, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying. praying. Is there any rain? Okay, go back. And this mountain is big. This is like running the top of Eldon. Okay, come on back. Is there any rain? He does this six times, so keep going. Come on back. You know what the Lord told me? He said that we've lost the heart for running as as Christians. He ran six times with no fulfillment. He ran more times with unfulfillment than he did with fulfillment. Yet every time God calls us to go running, God calls us to go serve, God calls us to go look, God calls us to go pray, God calls us to go to church, we're waiting. We have raised up a group and a a body of believers that are waiting to get paid, that are waiting for something in return. I'll give God, I'll do this, I'll serve if he does this. And he, we, we have raised up a whole culture that doesn't know how to serve. With un, with, with, and without even seeing anything. Oh, I'll go again. I'll go again. Seven times he goes. We need to raise up a the, today's message, today's word. The word for today is this is running. Last week was this is rising. Today, this is running. And this is just the first piece of running. I'm going to show you how Elijah ran. Because he said, go and go and go. And then all of a sudden, he came back. And the seventh time, he said, do you know it? Are you ready? There is a cloud the size of a man's hand. Boom. Way to go. And I love how he says it with authority. There is a cloud the size of a man. There's a cloud coming. Never mistake small beginnings because it's always been the small things that do the greatest things. It was only a few fish and a few things of bread to feed 5,000 and 4,000. It was only a small jawbone of a donkey that defeated an entire enemy. It was only the small things. It's always been this. It's only a little baby. How could he do any damage? Oh, man, no. Jesus came to wreck shop. Jesus came to change things up. And all the smallest little packages... Usually end up doing the greatest miracles. Sometimes you can look at your here, tone it down, turn it down a little bit, band, tone a little bit. You're getting whoo, Y'all are with me. I love it. Keep doing it. You swell. I love it when they swell with me. That's what it's called. So we, we just have this opportunity, I'm telling you, where God is, is bringing just a cloud. All of a sudden, somebody's got to have enough faith just to see a small hand. And I love how the, the picture of the hand that was coming, and then the Bible says the hand of God came upon Elijah. Because when you can recognize God's hand in your life, even at the farthest distance, God says rain is coming, abundance is coming, blessing is coming. Because when I deny the small things of God, I deny the great abundance.
abundance of what God can do. So before God wants to do something great, you've got to recognize when God is doing the smallest little things in your life. Because that's a sign. There's a sign. That's why he said there's a sound. There's a sign of abundance of rain coming. There's a sign. Just a hand. Just a little hand. I, all it was was just my kid came home and told me he wanted to go to church. All it was was I just felt like I wanted to listen to a worship song. All it was was just this little blessing that paid the electric bill. All it was was just a simple little touch. All it was was one service that I went and I felt loved and I felt accepted. All it was. See, we can minimize it or we can maximize it when it's in God's hands. Never minimalize the hand of God in your life because God may be on his way and moving the clouds in your life but it needs time because he needs you to what get ready get ready get ready get prepared that's what he told go get in your chariot start running because you don't have the hand of God over your life Ahab I do you're gonna need to run and then what does he do this is my final point I need to close he goes up <clears throat> and when he tells him to take off all of a sudden, the cloud starts running, starts coming, the winds, right, the thunder, the lightning, and you can see it. You ever outrun a cloud? Good Lord. This guy, he's standing there, and the, the rain, the rain is coming, and he says, all right, and he tucks up. Now, Elijah was a balding man, and then Elijah wore a, a lot of fur, and he had a leather belt, and he had a long tunic. That's how Elijah would dress typically and so Elijah had this long tunic that was very formal and so Elijah took the formal tunic and tucked it into his belt right got ready rolled up his sleeves and took off running let me just tell you the word that God gave me is we got to get rid of the formalities and we got to try to stop being so proper because when we're trying to be proper we can't run and some of us want to have look make the church look like it's very proper and oh I just I would run but do you know I don't look very good when I run I would run for the blessing that God has for me. The danger is if you don't start running with God, you're not going to outrun your enemy. And if he gets there first, you're going to be destroyed because Ahab was on his way to tell Jezebel, and Jezebel had a plan to kill Elijah. But if he hadn't have beat the chariot, he would have been killed. But somebody needs to rise up today and not just stand and not just try to walk anymore and not try to look the part, but start running. Don't try to look proper. Don't try to look to etiquette. Oh, I've, I've got my Bible. I've, I, you know, I want a church. Somebody told me they don't really want to come to our church because we don't have enough crosses. And really, I don't even know if we have one in here. And I'm not preaching against crosses. But let me tell you, I'm not here to worship a cross. I'm here to worship a Christ. I'm not here to try to be proper and to try to be formal and to try to make sure we have all the right things and the elements are just right. And no, it's not juice. It's real wine. Everybody's going to get tipsy. No, we have, I'm not trying to be, have all the right proper and the formalities and all the right pomp and circumstance to look like Christians. I don't want to look like a Christian if it means walking behind my chariot. I want to be the man of God who tucks up and says, I don't care about being formal anymore. I'm going to put on my running shoes today because I got somewhere to go and I'm going to take off. Come on, church. Come on, church. There's a cloud. There's a cloud coming. There's a cloud coming. There's a cloud moving. God is bringing revival. God is establishing his kingdom. God is doing a mighty work. And every Sunday, we keep hearing signs of miracles and wonders happening. Because God says, get ready. Get ready. You got to prepare and you got to say, okay, it's time to stop living this boring brand of Christianity. I need to get excited. I need to get ready. Remember when you were a kid and you got a new pair of shoes? When you were a little kid, little kid. 
and when you got that new pair of shoes, what did you think you could do? Who's a dad? Who's a dad? Come on. What does your son think when he gets that new pair of run shoes? What do you think? It's fast. Fast, man. You think you're like, you're like, I can run. And you're ready to take off. Somebody needs to put on a new pair of shoes and take off your dress shoes. Take off all the formal stuff and say, I didn't come here to walk. I didn't come. I, I don't have time to walk. Let me just tell you, I'm 36 years old and I want to be somewhere by the time I'm 65 years old. I don't have time to walk. I want to run. I want to run with God. I want to run before the rain. I want to run before his blessing. I want to run before what God has for me and say, God, you keep up with me because I'm going to just keep going and keep running and keep running because the blessing of God follows those who run. It's not just about rising and standing anymore. Now you're commissioned to run. You're commissioned into action. Our God is a God of movement. Did you know that? No, some of y'all don't know that. God is a God of movement. That's in Jewish tradition and culture and all throughout the Old Testament. They teach them in prayer. When you go to the Wailing Wall, they're always like this. And in the temple, they're always moving like this. Most of the time, just like this. And they said, because our God is a God of movement. He doesn't stand still. God moves on my behalf. God moves to heal me. God moves off his throne. He's not a big God who just sits on his throne and kicks back and says, finished, done. Can't wait to see you in heaven. God is a God who moves. That's why Jesus told a story of the father and the prodigal son. And when he saw his son from a far way off, he ran to him because our God is a God of movement. We don't just stand stagnant and worship. How boring would that be? Get a little, come on. I saw Omar during that first song, he was clapping and he was like doing, I thought he was about to like break dance. I was like, all right, he's getting warmed up. Well, God is a God of movement. They even teach just like the flame, the candle that's in the temple. So the, the, so the flame dances in the temple. So will I dance before the Lord. I, I will move. My God is a God of movement. My God is a God of running. My God is not stagnant. My God is not dead. My God is not just standing still trying to act like. No, I got doesn't have to act like anything. He's confident. He is God. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is the king of kings. And he runs after you. And we got to get into a place, Bridge Church. Oh, next week we're going somewhere where we can run. We can run. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. We're going to run. We're going to run. I got to dismiss. But we're going to run as a church. We're going to run. This is a new season where the cloud is coming and God is bringing revival for you. God is bringing refreshing for you. God is bringing rain for you. He, we, we worship the rainmaker, but he doesn't bring rain for those who are walking. He brings rain for those who are running. He knew Elijah. He knew what he would do. And the hand came upon Elijah and he ran, outran the chariots. And I'm here to tell you today, you might have taken care of your idols, but your enemies are still trying to outrun you. And if they get there before you, you're going to be destroyed. But you got to start running with God. you got to stop walking and trying to look the part, and you got to start being the part. you got to be the son, be the daughter, and run with God. Do you have a dream? Do you have a word from God? Do you have something in your heart that God, do you have a, a desire in there that says, hey, I want something more. I want something bigger. I want God to do something incredible. I want a healthy marriage. I want a relationship that thrives. I want good healing in my life. I want my heart to be mended. I need my finances to increase. Some of us have settled for good, but we don't just serve a, just a good God. We serve a great God. And good is the 
enemy of great. And we need to worship God like that, saying, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. Somebody say, I hear you, God. I hear you, God. Just bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray with you. The band is playing this song. There's a cloud beginning to swell. And, man, I'm telling you, there's a cloud coming. There's revival coming. There's healing coming. There's blessing coming. There's tremendous breakthrough coming. Oh, somebody just begin to worship. Somebody begin to hold, feel the Holy Spirit move. Just rock back and forth if you don't even know what to do. If you don't have rhythm, just bob your head for a little bit and just begin to say, God, you are a God of movement. I'm not going to stand still anymore. I'm not going to be stagnant anymore. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to run after you. And just like the servant of Elijah, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run until I see. Until I see what I heard. Because there was a sound that was coming and I had faith within me to believe that one day I'm going to see the sound that I heard. There's an abundance of rain. There's a blessing coming. There's healing coming. There's transformation coming. There's somebody who's been in a dry place right now. If, you, if you've been in a dry place with every head bowed and every eye closed, with no one looking around, here and online, I want you to raise your hand right now. God's bringing the rain. Thank you for all those hands. Come on, keep them high. Keep them high. In fact, put both hands up. Put both hands up. It's time to receive. It's time to go into a place where there's a plenty. By, God is saying right now by the assignment and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the drought is over. The drought is over. There's been an area of your life. Come on, keep them high. Keep your hands high. The drought is over. You're going to worship God like never before. Paul, oh, hallelujah. You're going to feel the Spirit. You're going to feel the anointing. God is moving. Come on, just receive it. Say, I receive. I receive. I receive the rain I receive the rain I worship the rainmaker I worship the rainmaker I worship the rainmaker God is filling me Holy Spirit fill me Holy Spirit use me Holy Spirit encourage me God I'm here I feel you come on if you can feel the presence of God give him some praise